This episode brought to you by the Roster Up Media Network, home to tangible insights for the NFL and fantasy sports. Check us out at rosterupmedia.com. Outstanding. Welcome back to the Russell, everyone. I'm your host, Andrew C. Baby Spite. And we have a NFC South preview today. Here with my co-host, the Ooze and the Law. I don't know oh. why I said the Ooze, but I like it. I will address you guys as such. The Ooze, the Law. Mm-hmm. Apple the T. Yes, sir. So we're going to talk about the Buccaneers, the Saints, Falcons, and Panthers today, everyone give you our fantasy insight on all the players on each team and the changes they did during the offseason. But as always, please go follow us, your favorite team, on rosterupmedia.com, all social media platforms, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, now on YouTube. And go back and check out our previous shows for a mock draft episode and uh, the AFC preview of the of. I mean, AFC and NFC North previews. So let's jump right into it, guys. We're going to first talk about the Buccaneers. I'll, uh, you know, talk a little bit, and then you guys give me some uh, insight, and we'll ask some questions along the way, and, you know, see how we do. So last year, Tom Brady retired, and then he unretired, and now he's back. And he's playing on the Buccaneers again. Mm-hmm. New head coach, Todd Bowles. Uh, no Gronk this time, which is surprising to me. They added Russell Gage from Atlanta, Mason Rudolph. Um, and they recently just added Julio Jones. Mm-hmm. Ronald Jones got traded away. And Rashad White. Drafted Rashad White. Drafted Rashad and what else am I missing? So I'll go through some stats. I don't know if there's anything specific you guys want to talk about in particular about them, but we've got Tom Brady obviously coming back. Last year he was leading the league in passing 5,300, over 5,300 yards, 43 touchdowns. He led in that category as well, and he's seeking another ring because that's why he's back. Leonard Fournette and rookie White are leading the backfield with running backs. And the wide receivers, you have Mike Evans, Julio, Godwin, who missed four games last year due to a knee injury, and Russell Gage. So four, you know, either was elite or elite uh, wide receivers. Russell Gage, obviously, you know, the last of there. I wouldn't call him elite, but he's still, you know, a valuable option. And we have Bray or Rudolph replacing Gronk. They're favored to win the division and obviously high power offense, always good for fantasy. Um so I like to think, you know, no Rojo's good for Lenny, Leonard Fournette, Julio and Gage are bad for Evans and Godwin. 
But what do you guys, after talking about all that, what do you guys feel about, you know, the Buccaneers this year? Go ahead, Deuce. Oh, sorry. I, I didn't know which one's going first. Uh, so, for me, <laughs> uh, it's just it's the same, right? Like, besides the additions of um, Julio Jones, Russell Gage, you're, you're, you're sitting in there, you're like, you know what? I'm waiting on Chris Godwin. You know, he he's, he's coming off an injury. They're saying he's looking good in camp on the side because, he, you know, with the injury he had last year, they're taking it slow. Um, no more Scotty. You know, he left. But you still have Mike Evans. You still have um, uh, Cameron Brate and, and, and uh, um, what's the other time? And Rudolph with additions. So the big bodies are there. Tom Brady, he's still going to do what he's what Tom Brady does, and that's the crazy thing about it, right? With Tom Brady, he had a sixty-seven percent completion rating last year at forty-seven or forty-eight, however he is, and then forty-three touchdowns to twelve interceptions. I'm taking that all day, you know. This year, his ADP is still sitting at eight. Do I like it out there? Maybe with the Julio and Rudolph. Coming in, I might go like if some people want to probably go and chase after them a little bit, but for me, it's just consistency. I think that the team, the only thing that really changed that, that's a major uh, um, factor is Tom Bowles taking over for Bruce Arians. You know, Bruce Arians was really hands on. He's still hands on as as a manager. You know, I was watching tra- inside training camp. He's in his little golf cart watching training camp practice going on. Right. So Tom Bowles was a defensive-minded, while Bruce Arians was offensive-minded. That's a factor, but he still has the offensive coordinator that's calling plays from Bruce Arians' time. So hopefully we see, you know, the down the field throws. You know, I mean, he had he only had like six yards per attempt, but maybe get that up with Julio. The red zone targets are going to be huge. Rudolph, big guy. Julio, big guy. Evans, big guy, right? Love that in that. So with with Tom, we, we're definitely like, or and the Bucks, we're we're loving it. Very nice, very nice, Lance. What do you think as far as the wide receivers after the addition of Julio, though? Um, well, so Mike, Mike Evans. Evans Go ahead. Mike Evans and Godwin don't really eat into each other. They play two different roles, right? One's a slot receiver. One's one's the big body, tall, jump, get into the end zone kind of guy. Mike Evans always puts up 1,000 yards. Look at him. Five years in a row, he's got over 1,000 yards. The big difference in his point totals, fantasy-wise, is going to be touchdowns. But each of the last two years he's been with Tom Brady, he's had close to or double-digit touchdowns. So I don't think that his – is going to drop off. So if you're getting him at the late of the second round, he's probably the the highest floor wide receiver you're going to get in the late or second round. Is his ceiling as high? No, his ceiling's probably not as high as some of the other people. Um, but at least for a floor. So if you reach for somebody who was high risk in the first round, taking him in the second round is probably a good safer bet. Um, Tom Brady again. He was top two or three quarterback depending on the, the scoring in your league last year he's still being drafted adp the fifth quarterback off the line he is still good at that position i would take him anywhere in any draft if he's the fifth one coming off 
Um, that means he's going either one before or one after Jalen Hurts. And the only thing helping Jalen Hurts is his running ability. Um, so Tom Brady putting up 43 touchdowns, 5,000 yards. You know what you're getting with him passing wise. Mm-hmm. You know what you're getting with, with Mike Evans. Godwin, you've got to hope he's going to be healthy. I don't think Gage is going to eat into Godwin, and I definitely don't think Julio is going to eat into Mike Evans. Julio's lost at least three steps. Something He might have lost a step in the Super Bowl against Tom Brady, to be honest. Um, <laughs> that boy put everything on the line, and he was the only one still playing in the second half. Um, <laughs> that being said, he, he hasn't been the same since that Super Bowl. He's been slowly dragging off, and you saw it there in in, a, in Tennessee. It's not that Brian Tannehill can't throw the ball, which he, he can't. Sure enough, he can't. Um, but Julio Jones isn't going to get the separation he needs. He's still, you throw a, a ball in his way, he's going to get the ball and make that, that acrobatic catch. But a lot of these corners nowadays can get around the wide receiver's bodies, and the NFC South is not necessarily – devoid of those type of cornerbacks. So I don't think Julio is really going to be a factor here. If you're taking him in the 14th, 15th round, that's probably as good as you're going to get with Julio. All right. And I'll, I'll, so let's I'll, keep... I'll real quick. I like the ad, right? For run, in running back situation with the Tampa Bay Bucks is you have Ronald Jones getting shipped out, right? And then you have um, the rookie, Rashad White, coming in. Rashad White coming in, I feel like when watching him, is more of a pass-catching back, meaning Leonard Fournette's going to take the three downs most of the time because Tom Brady doesn't like to be in a third and long situation. It's more of the third and short. You know what I mean? The running situation is going to be very relied on, I think, being in – his later age, and then when they're getting in the red zone, he has the, one of the most attempts in the red zone for throwing. So Rashad White might be a nice rookie just to stash in the later rounds if you're feeling feisty because he's going to be in, a, in like a, in more PPR leagues. He's going to be like you know a better, slimmer Ronald, Ronald Jones. I think <laughs> that's the best. That's the best I can go for right now. You know what I mean? But for, for like, a late-now rookie, you know, those dynasty leagues out there, or, you know, those keeper leagues that, you know, Rashad White might be it just for a nice pass-catching uh, back. And Tom Brady's not very good. Like, there's not a lot of running backs you think of pass-catching that have ever played with Tom Brady. Mm-hmm. Even Ronald Jones really dropped off the map when Tom Brady came on board. No, remember? You saw him as a running back, but not necessarily catching screens. Tom Brady doesn't think like that. His yards per attempt may still be six yards, but he's looking at tight ends. He's looking at those West Welkers, those those slot receivers. He's not looking for running backs and bubble screens. Well, he did have it in in in, in New England as well, though. In um, what's his name? Um, um what now? Ooh, now it's getting to me. We have to come back to that. But he had a nice tandem. And, like, when he won the Super Bowl with, like, LeGarrette Blunt, and then – can't believe I'm uh, – is escaping my name. But, but you can remember LeGarrette. You can't remember the other guy. The past – no, but he had a really James good – James White. James White. James White was a yeah. beast. 
does he I and he would dump it off. It, he would just dump it off, and he would get thirty yards and a touchdown. He would get a nice five reception for James White. No, no, no. He One had year. like he had like three three years with him. Like like it was he a good did. three years. He did not have three flex years with James. No, White. yeah, yeah, yeah. You did. Yeah, you did. I'll at least give you two. two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you let's can give split me two. The yeah, we're but, all right. Moving on. We're gonna get to the Saints now. There's a lot to unpack. Oh, Lord have mercy. Let's make this quick, please. It's it's. But we gotta we gotta cover all of it. It's hey. a little weird to mention the Saints without mentioning you know Drew Brees and Sean Payton. But we're here in 2021 or 2022, and the new head coach is Dennis Allen, and the new QB is Jameis Winston. New. And, or returning, he's returning. Returning, uh, my injury. bad. Forgot about that. His, <laughs> his yeah. uh, ACL tear. Um, they signed Jarvis Landry this off season. They drafted Chris Olaf from Ohio State, and this, I don't know, drama going on with Kamara with his off the field issues that we previously stated on other shows. Um, you know, is something to consider, obviously, when you're drafting him. He's still going in the second round, uh, high second round. So, um, like we said before, he had an altercation during the poll, uh, Pro Bowl game, and I read his hearing is rescheduled for the September 29th, so after the season started. So let's start with Kamara on all this. He's a great talent. He's finished top 10, surprisingly, with all his other issues in all of his seasons in PPR format. And obviously, since the 29th is after the season starts, he could be suspended mid-season. So the question to you guys, what should owners do about Kamara? Stay away, draft late, or take him where he's at with his high ADP, even though this suspension could be looming? To be honest, for me, I'm staying away. I have way, me, I have way too many other options that will get me through the season that – Will stay during the season because you remember, if the 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 court date is the 29th, he can probably play. Depending on the team, he can probably play from day like week one to what was that week four. Yeah, and then whatever happens at that court date, he's either suspended or if he even like is he'll be suspended or he can play. And then the suspension will have to come from the NFL anyway, depending on the verdict or the uh, decision in the courts, right? So yep. now, if I draft a guy for week four, he's going he's going to get suspended for, let's say, got to be like six games. To to be honest, I feel like it'll be six games. So now you, I have my star, my second round running back, out for six weeks due to off off the field issues. No, thank you. No, thank you. And and now you like either you trade for him, you trade, you trade him away, and try to get value from him, or you keep him, and then look for his backup or, you know, and you have to handcuff him. You have to. That's a must. That's a must. Whoever like you have to handcuff Alvin Kamara because uh, of the fact because of this 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 uh, issue. Lance, what are your takes on Kamara? Uh, I agree with Ooze. I mean, I had him in one of my leagues as a keeper previous two years, and this year I'm not keeping keeping Cup and deciding to take my chances. I don't want him at the end of the second round. I would rather him in the third or fourth. And mainly because ignoring the suspension, right, 
the best that he did last year was probably what he did at the what he had finally at the end of the year. He was maybe a top ten running back on a full PPR at at, at the least, right? When he he and Jameis were playing, when Jameis was healthy, his stats were actually lower. It wasn't until the other quarterbacks came in that his stats actually started getting a little bit more of a, uh, a bump. And it really wasn't that much of a bump either. It's gone are the days of Sean Payton, gone are the days of Drew Brees, where they're pumping him the ball if Michael Thomas isn't open. And, and that's the other thing. You've got too many wide receivers, and Jameis Winston, as soon as he, as soon as the ball is hiked to him, for better or worse, his eyes are 40 yards down the field. Mm-hmm. And Kamara starts off ten yards behind him, so there's not there's not going to be a case where he's looking for Kamara forty yards down the field. Kamara is a great running back. He's probably one of the better ones coming out of the backfield catching stuff, even ignoring all his off the field issues. Mm-hmm. But the quarterback is what's going to really lead him. He's not a between the tackles running kind of guy. He's a guy that you need to get passes to. He's going to come out. He's a mismatch for almost every every cornerback, nickel. He's a mismatch for every linebacker. But unfortunately, his quarterback is a mismatch for him. Um, and, and, yeah, so I'm not going to because of those reasons. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you 100% there. because Just because of the new offensive scheme that's coming with a new head coach, you're completely right. And remember, it, it doesn't seem like it before the injury, but I'll just give you a little stat line of Jamie Winston, he had a 7.3 yards per attempt, had 14 touchdowns, three interceptions before he got injured. Tom Brady had a 7.4 yards per attempt. So you're talking about a guy that, like you just said, he's throwing down the field. And with this new offense, he might not be throwing down. He might not be checking down. He might be even throwing further, not down the field, right? Michael Thomas is back, beat repiters. Reporters, sorry, you know, is a frenzy out there saying that Michael Thomas is out there. He looked amazing. He looks sharp. I'm staying away. But, you know, he has his main target back, right? And then, like C-Baby said, Jarvis Landry's now in there. Slot machine, right? Comfort guy. So they're getting getting James Winston on different levels in the, in the Saints offense. So. Yeah, you're you're completely correct on that new offense. It's a scary sight because we don't know what it is. Last question I want to ask on the Saints, and we can move on. Um, we can skip over Jameis and Taysom Hill. You, are, you already mentioned Jameis, obviously, throughout. Um, but the one question I want to ask is about the wide receivers. You have Michael Thomas, Jarvis Landry, the rookie Olav, and Callaway with Jameis Winston throwing to all of them. So the question is, Gun to your head, you got to take one Saints wide receiver. Which one are you taking? And you, it, based on their ADP and round, it's okay with you. Which one am I taking? Um... And reminders Thomas is going fifth, sixth round, Jarvis Landry, double digits, 10, 11. Chris Olav is a little bit after. Um, Thomas and then Callaway is undrafted. Callaway so is too high for a rookie. Although he's fast, he's just too high for a rookie for me. Um, Thomas, 
Thomas again, I, I don't want to take that. If I'm getting Jarvis Landry in the double digits, that's probably where I'd go. I, I completely agree. Like get me average wide receiver stats. Not for not for nothing. I feel like that's more of a value pick slash breakout for Jarvis. Absolutely. I'm I'm taking Jarvis 100. percent Okay. Even, even with all his suction cup uh, healing techniques. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because my my thing is again, the new office is the, is the scary part because the scheme of it may not fit Jameis. So if it doesn't fit Jameis, I know he can check down, and the check down for Jarvis is 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 his glory glory land. You know what I mean? Like he can he can make something happen from fifteen yards up. 10 yards up and he, you know, he'll make it happen. So I'll take Jarvis because he can be a huge value slash breakout. He can break out and have a nice, you know, 2016, 2017 Jarvis, right? That he's all over the field, just catching balls, making moves. So yeah, I'll, I'll definitely take Jarvis Landry in that, in that situation. I can't touch Mike Thomas. It's just PTSD with him. <laughs> I, I just can't do it. Yeah, I can't. I can't do it. Can't do it. All right, we're going to the Falcons, and before we get started, I'm telling both of you right now, you cannot argue about Kyle Pitts. No, you got to You can, uh, You got to You got to do it. Though. <laughs> it's forbidden. It's forbidden. <laughs> we may even skip over Kyle Pitts if we have to, but the Falcons, long time. Falcon, Matt Ryan traded to Uzzah's Colts. Russell Gage is on the Bucks. Hayden Hurts to the Bengals. Mike Davis to the Ravens. And now they got Mariota, uh, Damian Williams, and Brian Edwards. And then they drafted uh, Desmond Ritter, Drake London, and Tyler Allinger? Allinger? However you pronounce that. And they're projected for only five wins so it's tough it's tough uh, let's go to Mariota. actually let's skip over Mariota. let's talk about drake london um rookie he is going probably the highest i would say out of the rookie wide receivers mm-hmm. talk to me guys is this a mistake are we buying into this you know Mariota's the quarterback and this team is only projected for five wins I mean to be honest he is a another you know he might be a sleeper for me like Drake London might be a sleeper just because of the fact that him being a rookie he's going to be the X in that offense, I don't think Brian Brian Edwards had his chance on in like the Raiders. He had this chance. I don't think they're going they're going to feed the rookie like they fed the rookie last year, right? And then I feel like that it, it can make or break somebody. So him going, you know, his eight current to be is seven point oh three, one of the highest for all rookies. You know, am I trusting this? Maybe. Only because of the fact that, you know, there's not a lot of offensive choices. That's the thing. Meaning, it's either you go and feed Coppins again, which he had a thousand yards, no touchdowns, or you use <laughs> or you go and use the guy you use your top draft pick on in Drake London. 
And I feel like that, like he can go in, you know, maybe it, usually with rookie wide receivers, we've seen it with like Justin Jefferson and, you know, uh, uh, Jamar Chase. It's not the first half. It's not the first half of the, of, of the, of the year that they start, you know, breaking out. We saw Jamar Chase. Everybody thought his guy was a bum. But, you know, halfway through, starting on the second half, this this guy was breaking out. So I feel like the same is going to come with Drake London. Marcus Mariota, you know, he was a top draft pick in his time. Lost his job to Ryan Tannehill. Moved around. I think he can still – I think he has have a little bit in tank. Five wins is – it's. I think it's – I don't want to say disrespectful, but I feel like they could be, like, a close to 500 team. You just got to give him a chance. Lance. They have, um, they have Drake London being drafted ahead of Devontae Smith. Um, ahead I of Rashad Bateman. Uh, Rashad Bateman is arguably the number one wide receiver out of Baltimore. I don't know anything about Drake London. Um, but what I do know is Mariota better not be thrown in the ball. I don't want to touch Drake London unless Desmond Ritter is in there. And the only thing is, I know nothing about Desmond Ritter, but I know enough about Mariota. No wide receiver <laughs> is good with Mariota. If if I've got a problem with his tight ends, I've got a problem with anybody. <laughs> Mariota is Tim Tebow. Oh, whoa! The cross. Stop it! Now you're getting <laughs> out of Tim Tebow hand. without the cross. You're he getting, can win you games. You're getting that out stuff, of hand. All going to be gritty, grimy. <laughs> And good enough for You're a football getting win, out of hand. <laughs> I don't want anything to do with Mario to throw him a ball to anybody. You're getting so, anything. out of hand. Are you drafting any Falcons player, Lance, at all? No. I can answer that for him. Unless there was blackmail involved? No. <laughs> <laughs> this guy's this guy unbelievable. This guy's unbelievable. Kyle Pitts is sitting there in the 10th round? Sure. I'm taking Kyle Pitts. Oh my God, he's not making it. But that's because, but but that's the next thing, right? So if they're gonna feed Drake London the ball as a as as a rookie, then doesn't that eat into Kyle Pitts' 1,000 yards if they were feeding him the ball because they had nobody else out there from week 10 on? I don't I don't think so. To be honest, um, I feel like with Kyle Pitts, he can still grab a thousand yards. Like I mean, this guy. He's a wide receiver playing tight end, just to be honest. Like, I, I think they covered him, like, Thursday. Like, Falcons, like, Thursday or, 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 or Wednesday. And this guy is just slender. You know, he's but he's just huge. He's huge. So, I feel like the touchdowns will, will be there. And Drake London, this guy is 6'5". Slender, I think he was, like, a 4'4". Four, four, but you, but you got to remember, you don't have a quarterback throwing to him. You have Mariota. Marcus Mariota is not as no, bad. No, you as don't you. have a quarterback throwing to him. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have a quarterback throwing to him. There's a reason why there's not a lot of players of Mariota's caliber still left in the league. Mm, I mean, I guess. Like, for me, I'm looking at Marcus right now, and like, all right, it's not the best, right? But. When you go back to like his 2016 season, 26 touchdowns, nine inceptions, you know, his 61. But I'm gonna look at who who he threw it to, right? Because that sometimes that's. I mean, that's, that's Delaney Walker. Work. It was 
was AJ Brown at that draft of that year? No, I think that's 2019. Like, I mean, he, he, it wasn't bad, but still, the ratio was good. The completion rate is good. And then he was, a, he was a journeyman. You know, he got injured in 2018. He wasn't good in 2019. And then he was on the Las Vegas Raiders for the last two years. Now he has a chance to revitalize. Basically, what t- uh, uh, Ryan Tannehill did, I think Marcus Mariota can do. You remember, Dolphins. But Ryan Tannehill is only good because he's got Derrick Henry. You saw what happened last year without Derrick. I don't think so because I thought he was good. They didn't make the playoffs. AJ Brown's totals dropped off. I think he was good. No, I I thought Ryan Tannehill was good when he was on the Dolphins. It just didn't have. He just didn't have anybody to throw to, and didn't have any support. When he came to Tennessee, this man didn't throw much, but he was an efficient quarterback. That's what you need. You just need an efficient quarterback. And I think he I think Marcus can be efficient. Just gotta give him a chance. That's all. So obviously our analysts here are split between the uh Falcons. So use good judgment in your drafts. Obviously and if you think Kyle Pitts is gonna go off, draft Kyle Pitts, but leave London alone. But if you think London's going off, don't even sniff at Kyle Pitts. I mean, there's, that's, there's nobody that's really else. That's really what it comes down to. Yeah. Ryan Tannehill was only good for one wide receiver. Same thing with Mariota. He's only going to be good for one one player, and you better pick the right one. That's tough. Yep. All right. Last team, North Carolina Panthers. After all this uh, drama that Baker Mayfield was enduring before he got traded, he gets traded to Carolina, and now he has some more drama with Sam Darnold. Trying to compete for QB. Is he? Uh, is he? Is he the Watkins in this situation now? The guy being traded in that everybody wants to start instead of uh, the quarterback that was already there. I guess so. Yeah. I, I mean, mean, without the lawsuits, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think Baker Mayfield can definitely help the Panthers. You know, take it up another level. Sammy Donald, Sammy D, Sandman. I was pulling for you last year. You disappointed me. He was so happy after week four. Oh my goodness! I heard all this crap about. Oh, you were wrong, Lance. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah, that that was that was bad. That was bad. But and anybody who was a Jets fan already knew. The burn was coming. Yeah, the that burn yeah, coming. the burn definitely didn't come, and it, it wasn't good. I like Baker Mayfield for this team. I mean, this guy's tough. He brought a bad Browns team to a playoff, close to a playoff. They didn't make the playoffs. They did make the playoffs, didn't they? I can't remember, but I think they did. I'm pretty sure they did, but still, Browns with a toward labrum or toward rotator cuff, what can it be? This guy's this he plays his heart off, right? And with DJ Moore with Robbie Anderson out there. I think he can actually they can actually shine with a quarterback getting the ball and not seeing ghosts out there, right? And that's the problem. This guy was still seeing ghosts from New York all the way down to, you know, Carolina. That's a problem. Baker, he doesn't see ghosts. So let's talk about CMC real quick. This man has played ten games in two seasons, hmm. and he's going as high as Number one overall pick in some mocks. 
So the question here is, has the ship sailed on CMC or you take one more shot on a dude that could literally change your fantasy team single-handedly if he's healthy? Yeah, shoot for the stars, baby. Shoot for the stars. You know, you just hope this man stays healthy. Um, he looks good in camp. Looks look. I actually think he looks a little bit slimmer than he does. I guess he got a little more toner, cut out the little donuts after practice. That way, his you know soft tissue and it was issue was a soft tissue issue, right? Because he keeps you know getting injured, hamstrings here, ankle there, like, and he's a running back, so you need to be available. You know what yeah. I mean? Availability is the is priority number one. Um, but. When you see him out there being healthy, healthy reports coming out saying he looks good and healthy. The word healthy keeps coming up, and you're like, I got to take a chance because if I'm up in the, you know, one, two, three spot, and he drops to me at three, that's a huge decision to make. And for me, this, like you said, this is a guy that can change your fantasy pro- pro- projection, you know, up or down. Depending on how how it ends, so with CMC, I I, I gotta take him. I just it just it's just too much value. There's nobody else behind him. That's the you know that's the issue. Like there's nobody else behind him that you you're confident in, and you've seen it for the last two years that you're confident in just to, to say, hey, I can I can handcuff him and I can we can get you know top twenty five running back, you know. Points can't no, no shot. Lance, real quick before we move on to the wide receivers. Unless, unless he falls to the end of the first round, I don't want to touch him. I'm not touching him with any of my first three draft picks. Mm. Um, Did I'd he rather burn have you? Derrick Henry. I'd rather have Derrick Henry. I'd rather have Johnson Taylor. And I'd rather have Cooper Cup. Um, outside of there. If, if I'm stuck between him and and another of the top five running backs, he is the top five running back. And just unfortunately, I'd take him at five because of his injury. Mm. His potential is number one. Mm-hmm. Everybody knows his potential. It, it's the risk that comes with him. So for me, I'm risk averse. I'm an accountant for a living. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm not going to take him based on his risk. And I knew his risk before last year. I was telling everybody, stay away from him. And, not because I knew he was going to get hurt. I just knew he had the propensity to get hurt. Same thing with Leonard Fournette. He's also another one we didn't really talk about. He runs hard, but the boy gets hurt. And the boy gets hurt, and sometimes he's hurt for a few weeks in a row. Mm-hmm. When you take Leonard, you got to make sure you better handcuff him with White. Mm-hmm. Same thing with most people would have wanted to handcuff him with Rojo. But last year, Rojo and, and Leonard were going the same round in a lot of drafts. Yeah. But Rojo, but Rojo's so value year, was just so bad. Money. Yeah. Let me ask so, you guys this question: Did either of you get burnt by Christian McCaffrey? I did not have a chance to to, to pick him up, so no. Because I think that would be one of the deciding factors for those listening. If you got burnt on him, you may have to just bite the bullet if you're in those top and that's and yeah and that's the decision that that haunts everybody haunts all fantasy owners is the same thing i was talking about mike thomas i had mike thomas in my keeper league kept him for you know my contract year we had contracts there for my contract years and then the year i think he like dropped to me or something like that and i'm saying this guy's holding out or whatever it's gonna be 
he burnt me last year. He's saying he's back. He's in camp. Uh, what am I going to do here? You know what? Am I going to sit here and have two years in a row of just stress, or am I just going to move on and, 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 and grab something else? That's the, that is the, the question you have to ask yourself. Are you going to sit there in the top three picks and you say, like Lance said, I have CMC or Cooper Cup? Am I, am I going for a guy can change my fantasy possessions up or down or a guy that can really just trend me up every single week? That's the question. And then you answer yourself. And if it is yes, I'm going with CMC. If it's no, I'm going with Cooper Cup. Last topic here, the wide receivers. We've got DJ Moore, Robbie Anderson, and Marshall. The main one I want to talk about is uh, DJ Moore. Robbie Anderson, if you want to take a flyer on him real late on your draft. But um, I guess focusing on DJ Moore, the question here to you guys is, can he make a tear jump this year with you know the possibility because he has a new quarterback, a better quarterback? And I, I mentioned this on one show that I couldn't remember the stat about him. But he's the only player, I, I found it, he's the only player that has over 1150 yards in the past three years and, like, low touchdowns. I, can't, I don't think I wrote down the touchdowns part. But he's the only player who's had at least 1150 in the past three years with these bad quarterbacks that he's been playing with. And he's only had... Oh, yeah, that's what it is. I wrote it down. I'm sorry. He has had four touchdowns for the last three seasons. Four touchdowns last three seasons. The 12 total when, you know, people like Devontae Adams are having monster uh, amounts of touchdowns in a season. So I like him, but do you guys think he can make a tear jump this season, given everything I just said? I'll go first here. Baker Mayfield is the new guy in town. Sam Darnold is the old guy that was there last year. He didn't have but four touchdowns last year. Don't expect them to have more than five, six at the most. Really? And, and that's hard to say because huh. Baker Mayfield didn't make any wide receivers. If anything, wide receivers went to Cleveland and actually got worse. Jarvis Landry, Odell Beckham Jr. Mm-hmm. They didn't really put up stat. They didn't put up career years in Cleveland. So even, even if you replace Darnold with Baker Mayfield – You'll get a field manager. You'll get somebody who can win games. But for us fantasy folks, that, again, Marcus Mariota is not really relevant to us if he's not putting up those stats. It's the Tom Brady's. And to a lesser extent, it's those people who put up garbage time touchdowns. They, we don't care about the ending score of the NFL game. We care about the ending score of the, the fantasy game. And unfortunately, that really comes down to touchdowns. I see that. I see that. Um Baker Mayfield had 17 touchdowns to 13 interceptions. I feel like Moore can definitely break out the season with, with Baker. I think Baker can focus on him and Robbie because I think he has the arm and accuracy to do so. But we have to see, right? But he's not going to go away from the 1,100 yards, and I don't think that that trend is going to continue. Like you said, I don't I, – like the – the um, Sam Donald, the who was there before Sam Donald? It was um, 
Teddy Bridgewater. Teddy Bridgewater. Like, those guys are game managers while I, I want to say Baker Mayfield is like a field commander or, or, or a game winner, but this guy does throw down the field, right? Like, I feel like, you know, he was out there. Again, another quarterback up in the yards per attempt. You know, like this, he's he's 7.2 in yards per attempt. That's going to reflect more and benefit more in DJ Moore's favor. And we just have to see with that, you know, was he just a was just was the Browns just uh, an organization that kills everybody or was Baker just bad? We'll see. So, no, we're not yes, saying he's he, bad, right? You, you can be a good field commander and be prevalent for a lot of things, right? Um, it's just fantasy-wise, he wasn't good. No, yeah. So, yes or no, he makes the teardrop or not? I think he makes the teardrop. I think he, I think he will stay at, stay around his his yardage, and I think he will increase the touchdowns. And I think you will have more than seven touchdowns. And Lance, you're going, I'm assuming, with the no here. Yeah, I'm going to say he's going to decrease. I just don't think he's going to go up. So he's going to stay consistent, okay. like four touchdowns and 1,100 yards. Yeah, but if that's his if that's his, his base, right, people just need to make sure that's what I'm getting out of him. Same thing with Mike Evans. If that's his base, where is he good? He's not good in the first round. Mike Evans not good in the first round. At the back end of the second round, good. DJ Moore, what's his base? Well, if, if that's what four touchdowns – uh, 1,150 yards gets you, well, then figure him in there as a solid pick if you got really, really risky by taking CMC in the first round, by taking Leonard Fournette in the second round. Take somebody who's going to offset some of that risk. Don't go super risky. Try try and offset some of your your bets with some, some easy money. Okay. I like it. I can dig it. All right, folks, we got through all the teams. That's our analysis on the NFC South. Uh, come back and join us later in the week for the AFC South. And we're going to keep on bringing you all these previews from all the divisions. And stay with us throughout your fantasy drafts and into the season. We're here. We're giving you expert analysis as best as we can, as much as we can. So, Thank you for listening. That's it from the Russell. Peace. See you.